Praise God. Well, we said we'd be praying tonight, right? And, and we have been. I want to continue with that same kind of thing. You can get the lights if you want. Um, but I want to share a message with you tonight. And uh, I'm, I'm going to do this for the next four Wednesdays till Christmas. And basically what I want to share with you is about Jesus, the birth of Jesus. So tonight what I want to share with is the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh. Uh, there are outlines. Did anybody get the outlines out from the copy machine? Hallelujah. Good. You're good, Kenny. All right. So John chapter 1, verse 14. John 1, 14. It's very simple. It says this. And the Word became flesh. The next phrase is, and dwelt among us. Right? How many of you know that verse? You've heard it before? Right? And the Word became flesh. Now, I just want to spend some time on that. Say it with me. The Word became flesh. Say it again. All right, so I want to get you a deeper understanding of that and how miraculous that concept is. Okay? So, we go to the very first chapter of John. We're in that. We start at the first verse. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Right? Let's say it again. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. All right, so let's break that down a little bit so that you can get the idea that the Word became flesh. The word that John chooses to use here in the Greek is logos, logos, okay? And that's a big word. The, the word logos, we get our, what word can you imagine in English that we get from logos? Logic, right? Logic, reason, understanding. So in the beginning was the word, was wisdom, the logic, the reasoning. Uh, wisdom, Proverbs chapter 8. Uh, personifies wisdom and says that wisdom was with God in the beginning. And so the word, the logos, the wisdom, the mind of God. You see, what logos means is it's the mind of God. Think about that for a minute. Does God have a mind, an intellect, an emotion, and will? His logos is his word. It's more than just syllables and sounds it's your thought when you i'm speaking right now words to you but my mind is processing what to say next it's not just my words that became flesh it's not not his words that just became flesh it's literally his mind his logos his who he is came forth from him it says in colossians 2 3 in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in who Jesus Christ, the Logos of God, in the Logos, in the Word, in Jesus, is hidden how much of God's wisdom? All the treasures of His wisdom and knowledge. The full capacity, get this, of the knowledge of God dwells in whom? Jesus. And the Word became what? Okay, so all the wisdom... All the knowledge of revelation that God has became flesh. I, I'm going to say this over and over till it seeps into your reasoning and understanding. That which is of God and spirit manifested in a physical realm in flesh. Word became what? Flesh. 
flesh. The word here is sarx. It's not soma. If it was just body, in the Greek, the word for, for flesh could be soma or it could be sarx. If it's soma, it just means a body. could be any body. And, and there's false teachings that say that, that Jesus borrowed a body to live in. That's why, again, John uses the word sarx, which means flesh and bone and the material part of a human body. The Word of God. All the knowledge and the treasures of the wisdom of God became what? Flesh. Human. Is this crazy or what? I'm going to say it so much so that you get blown away by it. We go over this stuff so quick. It becomes religious things we memorize. Oh, the Word became flesh. God was in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. This word is the mind of God. The mind of God became flesh. You getting this? The, the reasoning of God became flesh. I can't figure God out. Who do you need to look at? I can't understand why he does what he does. Who do you need to look at? Jesus. Why? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The reasoning of God dwelt among us. The wisdom of God dwelt among us. You got to read this book. It's good. So that's part of Logos. The next part of Logos is is who he is, the heart. His heart. The the Logos is not just his reasoning, but his intellect, his emotion, his will, his heart. The soul of God became flesh. The soul of God showed up in a manger and grew up and walked and ate. John is marveled by this later in his epistle. He says, by whom we heard and listened and our hands even touched because he's blown away by this concept that i touched the knowledge the mind and the soul of god i touched it because it became flesh so the heart of jesus john 1 18 says this no man has seen god at any time the only begotten son which is in the bosom of the father Jesus is the heart, the bosom, the very heart and emotional seat and and being of God. And it became flesh. God ripped his heart out and put it in a manger. And it grew up among us. And it taught us. And it speak to us. And it wept over us. And he died for us. The heart of Jesus became flesh. Come on. So when you sing your Christmas carols and we put up our twinkle lights, let's go a little deeper. The word became flesh. Now, we say his wisdom, his revelation, his knowledge, his heart, and then also in the concept of the logos, the word, is the concept of the expression. I'm speaking to you tonight with expression. I'm excited about this. I can't, I can't, I've got to somehow express to you how much this makes me awestruck and overwhelmed at the concepts that I have to put an expression in it. So the word, the logos, is the expression of God. The expressions of God became flesh. So you want to know what does God feel when I feel this way? What does God think when I do this? He expressed it in whom? Jesus. He became flesh. So when Jesus saw sickness, what happened in him? 
So who did he express? The Father. When, when he cried, who was crying? The Father. When he was angry, what did he express? The Father. This is, this is the expression of the Father. Everybody says, Jesus I like. The Father, nah, I don't like him. In the Old Testament, he's kind of mean. How many of you know that all the time? I hear that all the time. And you're miss, they're missing it by a mile. Because that God of the Old Testament is the Word becoming flesh. The expression of the Father is Jesus. It's His greeting. It's His embrace. It's His love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, which is flesh. He, he didn't, look, at, he, he didn't just say, you know what, I'm going to send a letter. He did that in times past. He had other people talk for him. Moses talked, say some things for me, right? Prophets, Isaiah, see what, say what you see. Say some things for me. In past times, he had prophets speak, but in these last days, what did he say? I'm going myself. I'm going to show up. I'm going to put my heart out there. I'm going to put my wisdom, my revelation of all that I am, I'm going to dare to put it out there. My heart's going out there. My emotions are going out there. My thought, my highest thoughts, I'm putting them out there. I'm going to give them to mankind. And what did we do with them? We spat on him. We whipped and beat them. And we killed God. We killed his heart. We killed his knowledge and wisdom. We now, he didn't become absent from it. He didn't lose it. But what I'm saying figuratively is we did that to him. God dared to love us so much that he gave his heart. Oh, I'm sorry. We, he gave his son. Same thing. And what did it cost? He knew it would cost everything, but he loved us so much he did it to win us. Now, that's just the first word. In the beginning was the word. All of that is the word. All of that is the logos. Now, it says that the expression of God, Jesus said in John 14, 49, I've not spoken of my own authority, but the Father who sent me himself has given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. Jesus said, these words are not my own. I am revealing Father. I'm his heart. I'm his reason, I'm his knowledge, I'm his revelation. And then he says, and everything I do is his expression. He says in John 5, 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. That's an amazing statement. So Jesus is walking up and he sees a crippled blind man and he sees in the spirit, Father says, I'm going to reach for him. And Jesus reaches for him. And the Father spits on the ground and Jesus spits on the ground in the physical realm and does it. I mean, literally, Jesus says, I see what the Father doing, I'm doing. His mother says, you know what, we ran out of wine. Could you fix some wine up going on? And he says, you know what, uh, Ma, just leave me alone right now we'll just take care of this later you know but he sees father get get up now I, I i don't know how it happened so i'm putting it in a way we could understand it okay but he sees father get up and move and he gets up to move and he sees father 
uh, call for pitchers. And so in the physical realm, Jesus says, I need some pitchers of water. And he sees Father say, I'm going to pour those out. And Jesus says, I need you to pour them out. Do you see what I'm saying? He is the expression of the Father. You cannot separate them. It's not Jesus, the nice guy, God, the cranky old guy. Not at all. That's what this is. The Word became what? The Word became flesh. How about in you? Has the Word become real? Has it become life? Has it become flesh? Has it become reality? The Word of God that we can't see, can't fathom, can't imagine became real. How about in your life? Has His compassion become flesh in you? Are you the compassion of Christ? Has His flesh, has His his wisdom and revelation, has the meaning of life and knowing what it means become flesh in you and now you have the meaning of life to tell other people because they don't understand? Do you move as you see Him move? I don't know how He moves. There's a book you should get. It's really good. We should be living that book. And that book needs to become what? That word needs to become what? Hello. You getting it? That word now must become flesh. It must become you. The revelation of God must become you. The heart of God must become you. The expression of the Father must now become you. What good is Christmas? What good is Jesus coming as a little baby? What good is it if it didn't accomplish what he wanted to accomplish? What did he want to accomplish? He wanted to forgive me of my sins. That, that's, not the, that's not all of it. Well, he wanted me to go to heaven. That, that's, that's not it. He removed your sins for one reason that his spirit would now dwell in you and you would become flesh. You would be the representation of who he is to the rest of the world. And if we're not doing that, the word's not flesh, is it? Your neighbor needs the word to become flesh. Where can they go to see it? Ta-da! Right? Now, in the beginning was the word. Now, let's go on. We've, we've gotten through two words. And the word was what? With. With God. The word was with God. Now, this is interesting because that means there's a distinction here. The word was with God. Now, there are three Greek words for the word with. How about that? We've got one, with. They got three. One means to be in the room with. Among. But Jesus isn't among all the created beings and angels and all the things in heaven. He wasn't just part of the crowd. Hey, Jesus, you want to do something? Come on over here. I got a plan. It wasn't that. So it wasn't the with. John didn't use that word with that he was among. There's another Greek word for with that means alongside. But he didn't use that one either. Besides me, there is no other God. So, so 
so, the, you know, he wasn't going to share. God doesn't share who he is. That nature is not in another being. There's only how many gods, folks? There's only one God. So there's not another being alongside of him. But what John used was the word pros, P-R-O-S, pros. The word was with God. And that word means face to face. He used a word picture that means face to face. That means complete intimacy. It means eyeball to eyeball. It means mirror. It means I'm you, you are me. Yet there's a distinction because there is the triunity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It shows us that Jesus is eternally the Son and willing to do the Father's bidding. He is equal with God and as a person distinct, but yet only one God in nature as God. And he chooses to use the word face-to-face because it's the most intimate concept of being with so that where I move, you move. My thoughts are your thoughts. And the, the level of intimacy there. I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, it gets weird when someone invades your face, doesn't it? Like, you're too close. But when you're totally in love with someone, you mash faces. <laughs> Jesus is face to face. Now, isn't it interesting that there will be a day when we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and we shall see him, how? Face to face. Wow. And he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. You see, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the heart of God, and everything that God is, was in perfect union of love. St. Augustine says that the Godhead, the Trinity, defines love. That's why you can say that God is love. How? Because love must have an object. You had love before you had anything else created ever. How? Because love is the Trinity. Because the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father who loves the Spirit, and the Spirit loves the Son, and the Son loves the Spirit, and the Spirit loves the Father, and, the, and it is just perfect union of love face to face one to the other to the other to the other and this love began to burst into the physical realm and the word became flesh the love of god the face to face of god so now that the word became flesh it was the word that was with god so if there was anybody that could reveal god it was christ who came from the father face to face And so every reaction that Jesus had was the Father's heart. He never did anything. Now, there was a point where, and this is where the depth of this thing goes, there's a point in the garden where Jesus is sweating blood. Is there any other way? And I want to tell you why. I believe because it's at this point that Jesus is now going to do something that the Father didn't do. We keep thinking, oh, he just didn't want to feel pain. He didn't want to die. That's not what he's sweating in blood about. That's not what he's in crisis about. He's now going to submit to do something that the Father can't do and isn't doing. He is now going to separate himself and die on the cross as the Father pours judgment on him. 
Now that's pure love, but that's something so strange and hard on the love between the Son and the Father, but it's such a love, He's willing to do it because of His love for us. This kind of love. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what? It's fun to have fun at Christmas, but man, if we're not, if we're not getting into the depth of this thing, give it to Santa. I'm not willing to give this to Santa, and I'm not willing to give this up. This is too amazing. The Word was with God, and now. I'm with God. You're with God. And you've become flesh. Now, the Word was with God. (laughs) It doesn't get any better. And the Word was God. He is God. Who being in the very nature God, found it not robbery to be something grasped at, but he let go the virtue of his nature To become what? Flesh. Gave it all up. Oh my gosh. In the beginning was the word, the revelation, the knowledge, the wisdom of God, the heart of God, everything that he had planned, everything that he had purposed, every sovereignty, all that it was, the word was there. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh. Now, This word came forth out of God. It goes on to say this. Nothing, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Who's the him they're talking about? The Logos, Jesus, the word. Everything was made through Jesus. Everything is willed by the Father. Everything is determined by the Father and the Son executes the will of the Father. Our redemption, you were in the mind of the Father. And the Son came for you. And He died on that tree for you and I. And then as He went to the throne of God, He released the Spirit and the Spirit came after you because you were in the mind of God and you were determined by God to be found and to be saved because the word became flesh and he came after your flesh, your hide, and he saved you. My gosh. Look at us. Just take a minute. Look around at this group. Seriously. Every now and then you've got to just stop and go, who are these people? Who could have planned to bring this lot of people together? We are so diverse We come from so many different backgrounds, so many different things. How in the world could you bring us together and there be this kind of peace, this kind of care, this kind of love among a people? How can that be? Because God called us out of eternity. He called us. He spoke. And his word became what? Flesh. And now on the corner of Church Street and Kelly, there is the word of God has become what? Flesh. Here it is. Jesus is here. He's here. He's right here. This is reality. You can't, no man came up with this. 
People say, yeah, well, men wrote the Bible. They, they just made this up. You've got to be kidding. No one could bring this genius together and touch this many lives. So it says in Hebrews 11.3, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that what is seen was not made of things out of things that are visible. So the power of this Word, Jesus, this Word that emanates from, from Father, made everything. So who made everything? The Word, Jesus. And the Word, say it with me, the Word became flesh. So you think He can work out your problems? He, he showed up. Can you imagine that God made everything and then he shows up in the creation? It's crazy. Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth all their host. The heavens and their host. Now you're talking in the physical realm, stars and planets and solar systems. God made them all. And we're saying, well, there's so many of them, there must not be a God because the universe is so big. Well, God made them all. It's not that big to God. It's finite. And the host, the host is, is, certainly can be the whole angelic realm. Who made the angels? God who? Specifically, the Word. Right? I'll prove it to you. Colossians 1.16 For by Him, Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. He made every angel. Those angels fell. He made Lucifer. He fell. But Jesus is the one who made them all. Is Jesus weaker than a demon? Is Jesus weaker than Satan? He made him. He's the word of God, the breath of God, the expression of God, the reasoning of God, all that God is as a father emanating from him. He is the image of the invisible God. The word became flesh. So what's the point that John is saying is that the one who made everything, the heavens, the earth, the spirit beings, the physical, the, the spiritual, he's here. And he changed our planet forever. And he changed your life forever. And he can handle your orbit because he put everything else in orbit. He can handle your fall because he knows what to do and how to deal with the fall of every enemy. God is in control. The Word is in control. The Word was unleashed into planet Earth. Why? Because the creative Word of God now has authority in the Earth realm. He gave it to man, but man screwed it up. I'm sorry if that's a bad word. But man failed it, right? And so then what happened? He came into it as a man to get it back. So who's in charge? Jesus. The Word. Who's worthy to open the deed to all of the universe, the seven-scrolled seal? Who's worthy to open it? Jesus, the Word. He, he, he bought it. He owns it with His blood. 
So the word became what? This should change your understanding of the physical realm. We keep thinking God's, God's so far away. God's in heaven. God, where are you? He's in you. He changed everything. He became flesh. He dwells here. His body is here. It's in us by his spirit. That was the plan from the beginning. That's the whole plan. He died for your sin so that your sin would be cleansed and canceled by his blood so that his spirit could dwell in you and his body, his flesh, his people, his members could remain on planet earth and tell what should happen on planet earth, what shouldn't happen on planet earth, and what should take place in history and time. The word became bow our heads. Oh God, help us. There is a solution for world hunger. There is a solution for peace in the Middle East. 